Welcome everyone to an episode of my uh, podcast and uh, this my podcasts are always good but this one is going to be an in particularly intriguing one it's taken me a while to get my amazing guest um, Julia Nimchinsky uh, onto uh, onto this show because Julia is um, I think I'm allowed to describe Julia as an enigma in terms of um, her approach to go to market and um, dismantling the status quo. I think might be one way I would describe what uh, Julia and uh, her colleague uh, Justin, Justin Michael, who um, I've had on the podcast in the uh, in the past. Um, Julia is the co-founder of um, Hype Cycle, and if you're not in the Hype Cycle, you should be in the Hype Cycle because it's a crazy fun place to be. Describes herself as learn by doing. I'm a big advocate of that. Uh, has done other cool things, so partners with with Justin, as I said, in terms of they are a creatively led and commercially focused GTM agency, GTM Mag, coming on author, uh, doing all sorts of cool and crazy, uh, crazy things. And I I know my guests will normally know that I don't really have any plan around where my these conversations go, but I genuinely don't know where this may this may or may not take us. So um, all I will say to my listeners is strap in because I feel this could be um, an intriguing one in terms of uh, challenging your thought processes around how we go to markets um, in the modern uh, in the modern way. I will now shut up. Uh, Julia, who, what, why, when, where, what's your story? And let's see what rabbit hole this inevitably is gonna take us down. Uh, thank you for the amazing intro, Alex. I'm excited to be here and I'm excited that we finally made it happen. Uh, we were scheduling this one for I think a year actually. Yep. So we got there that. We are. How is your go-to-market motion? How's my go-to-market motion? Well, I'm interested in your story first, and then we can talk about my go-to-market motion. So what what's brought you to where you are today? What's your what what is your story? Yeah, my story, I just worked for a decade in marketing, a pure marketing, they call it SaaS. Um Salesforce ecosystem, always different kind of a project, revenue intelligence, like CRM integration, all of the boring stuff that no one wants to do. I was always marketing and excited about. So been a CMO in early stage mm -hmm. startups, uh, been an event marketing, a copywriter, and, you know, really wore every hat in marketing and was always responsible for the go-to-market motion. Um, huge fan of early stage um startups and the reason being is it's the perfect platform to learn by doing and to have that ability um to do so and so what why was why was and we will talk about my go to market motion don't worry i'm not ignoring that question but i want to get kind of the foundation of kind of where where we're at and so why did you and uh, and justin kind of form hype hype cycle and kind of take um what is some might say a very different and challenging approach to how organizations should create their, their go-to-market motion? Yeah. Uh, the quick answer, Alex, is just to really change B2B and the, the ultimate change that we all need to um, consider is not even about B2B being boring or, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know, the websites are white and blue and, you know, Calibri. Um, but really is the fact that the customer, the end user, is not making the decision for themselves, mm -hmm. but they have the boss that does it for them. So what we're trying to do, we're trying to democratize all the functions and we're trying to um, really 
challenge all of the you know sellers marketers full cycle reps mm-hmm. cmos and vps of sales and all sorts of roles and even thought leaders to actually um try do something different and to you know instead of just come and attend another webinar come unprepared um really fail and mm-hmm. learn something new and be coached by people some of the most brilliant people in the industry Mary Shea Marco Barish yourself and uh yeah that's that's the vision and that's what we do differently and why why now because um you were very generous with your with your words in the imaginary green room um in terms of you being reading and listening to my stuff so thank you at least at least one person is but why do we feel it's taking so long to do because this conversation is not really a new conversation in terms of the, the round in terms of the you know the challenges that you and justin are trying to to take on that b2b is boring the way we go to market is is fundamentally broken we just seem to be doing expecting the same results if we just do more of the same let's put more on the top crank the handle harder work the sdrs the aes kind of um harder and and kelsey nothing nothing changes so why why are we still here having this conversation and then parallel to that with the clients that you're working with and with the conversations that you're happening do you feel we're now starting to see a shift that people are prepared to fail and prepared to do things differently we want to be part of that shift and uh, we want to create that shift when we launched the community alex there was only one person in the industry talking about go-to-market, and I mean like using this specific keyword. Uh, and it was Marco Berge with Stage to Capital, yeah. no one else, no badges, no, you know, communities and GTM games, GTM labs or whatever. And we read a lot of his stuff and obviously it resonated. And that's go-to-market unleashes this bigger vision and really aligns every function, every revenue generating function, every customer facing function across that vision. And I feel that more often than not, we get it wrong. The other day, the other week, I was basically, I bought this course and um, I was really interested in the content and just participation in it was a CMO from a very famous company, you for sure know, they're really hyped now. And they were promising to reveal their go-to-market blueprint. And I was like, wow, amazing. I'm gonna ask all the questions I want. And we were sitting with 600 people in a Zoom call and just literally slide by slide uh, going through their product launch. And that's the biggest confusion that is happening, that people tend to see, you know, a sale as something that begins and ends. Mm -hmm. And marketing, like motion is something that, oh, we launched this campaign and ended. And here's the ROI. Go to market motion specifically, like, wow, we did this product launch and that's it. But that's what, what brings us here because there's no end to it. The only end to go to market is the exit, the IPO, or you know, you just stay private and enjoy your life. Or you go, or you go out of business, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see, no, that's important. Yeah. You see, you see, cease to exist. Um, I'm and, positive. 
<laughs> trying to say, of course, trying to stay, stay positive. But even then, when you've done that, if you're exiting or your IPO, there, there is then you're re, you're almost restarting the flywheel, um, the flywheel again. And I'm, I'm very much of the, the, the same belief, and I think that's it's, it's relevant to all, all industries that the, the sales motion is, is, is elastic. It's almost like you know, in space and time, how kind of space and time kind of moves and and and, and flows. And it, you know, your your comments remind me of the article that Brent Adamson wrote at the end of beginning of last beginning of last year. Um, where are we? Twenty twenty three, eleventh of May, twenty twenty three. I think it was Feb twenty twenty two. Sales and marketing is becoming obsolete, and he was basically dismantling how the current sales and marketing structures are just not fit for purpose for the modern the modern buyer in terms of how people buy um, the, the, the structures that we are creating internally, this obsession with hierarchy, this obsession with job titles and forcing this upon the client who is elastic in terms of how they, um, uh, how they buy. And I was only speaking with David Fisher uh, yesterday and he kind of said, I think quite a profound, a profound statement in that um, sellers are selling all the time but buyers may only buy once in their in their role, especially if you're you know in charge of buying a CRM system or an ERP system or finance system or an HR system that is a kind of a once in a cycle of a <laughs> a five year cycle of an organization. And they you know getting sellers to understand that the fact this person is only doing this possibly once, and therefore as a seller, how are you helping guide them and understand help them understand what they need to go through and what the internal stakeholders are, who are the people they should be engaging with the boss, as you, um, as, as you mentioned, but, you know, again, the feeling was that we're not equipping ourselves at the moment to be able to do that because you do this bit, you do that bit, you do that bit, there's defined handover points in terms of the, the relationship, which is really kind of broken for, um, for that. So, what are you what are you seeing or what are you, you know, so that example of that um that you just just gave do we have to deconstruct to, to to reconstruct i mean how difficult is this or are there some easy things that you know cmos cro's can start to think and implement based on your experience that you've seen in the market based on what i've seen in the market alex i haven't seen a customer-centric motion B2B at all, or a customer-centric product, or generally customer-centricity. And I'm not saying that B2B has to become B2C, although there should be an element to it. So in my marketing practice, what I tried to do, and I was that crazy person, like, I don't know if you remember about Garage, um, Cold calling battle the first time yeah, yeah, all the yeah. time yeah. all paying amazing so it was a time when there were like two or three communities in b2b mm -hmm. and we all know them and um we were evangelizing this revenue intelligence platform and the only person who was getting it was seth mars and yourself probably so uh get it selling you're very kind to be <laughs> alongside seth but i'll take it <laughs> And we would see, you know, um, Seth calls and he would be so genius and all the company would like, oh, great, we need to just record this call and use this lingo here and there. But Alex, analysts are not the people who are 
ultimately using the product, right? Mm -hmm. And the moment I started to talk to the people that would potentially use it, um, they were not ready to spend their money on it. Yeah. And no one believed me, but what they were interested in, as crazy as it sounds, is cold calling. They're like, wow, I mean, looks like amazing, Jerry Hill, Connect and Sell. Mm -hmm. um, they are evangelizing it pretty well. I'm curious, you know, all of the conversations were revolving around like how this motion work. Did you try it? And it was the time of this sequencer's adoption. Yeah. And so that's why I created this cold calling battle and partner was Justin Michael mm -hmm. and made him the face of it. And we did like, you know, a competition where Aaron Ross, well, very competing with, you know, Gabriel Blackwell and Sarah yeah, Rager awesome. and all of it. And then it just created a motion where B2B became more B2C-like and every, almost every company has a mini micro community now or just partnering with some hype cycle on their, you know, niche. And it's amazing, but that's what I'm talking about, that you have to create, like, there is a gap between B2B and the customer, and the answer to that gap is B2C. And it's, it's, it's there's, there's this terrible expression, which some people call it human to human, which just kind of sends shivers down my spine, but I get what they're trying to to say. And the the, the B two B the B two B and the B two C kind of complex, if you will, is is an intriguing one because we all and I talked about this in the past. We all um, have a B two C experience pretty much for twenty four seven. You get on your Amazon app, your DoorDash app, your Uber app, or what have you, and it's it, it's seamless, right? It it works. It does what it's meant to do. And it's kind of on demand. I'm not suggesting that every organization needs to go out there and have an app, but you go from one seamless experience, which works for you to then then your next touch point in life could be just a really poor experience in terms of you visit a bland B2B website, or you get a PDF, which doesn't work properly on your, um, uh, on your phone, or you just get a poor cold call. This isn't bashing cold calling in any shape or any shape or form and it's just the frustrations that that we we then have with that and of course it's not the frustration at said individual either and mm -hmm. i've been in sales you know 20 years and i've done the cold calling and be told to f off and go away and never call me again i've been there and um been there and done it and earned the um earned the stripes it's it's more the the impact that is, that is having because i guess you're not creating that that elastic or fluid continuous motion but understand that okay that didn't work that time maybe we try a different approach or we try a, mul a multiple approach but it still feels that we're still stuck in this you do that you do that and you do that and none of it's joined up to help create that that overall kind of single um single motion so i'll answer your question in terms of how is my my how is my good mod market motion i mean i'm just me so it's pretty it's pretty straightforward and it's pretty pretty much focused around um leveraging social it's leveraging social and creating connections and conversations and getting those conversations offline as quickly as possible. My market is primarily professional um, services, so law firms and accountants. Um, but everything I have done and built and the ecosystem I've built around me has primarily been how do I create a awareness and a presence and a conversation around what it is that I do, and then picking the moments to for the, the outreach, but then also accepting that the inbound isn't necessarily hot to trot straight out the gate and i may have to take time to um to nurture that but because of the hard yards that i put in and because you know there is no real silver bullet to this 
I have been very fortunate that I have been, dare I say, it, be able to build a quasi, not a hundred percent, but quasi self-fulfilling pipeline that just keeps that keeps churning and keeps doing because I'm doing the things that work. I've tried things that haven't worked, but I guess it's because I'm. <laughs> It doesn't matter if they don't work because it's me and I've got no one else to answer to other than, other than my wife if I can't pay the mortgage. So, <laughs> I feel you. Alex, I have a conspiracy theory here and I don't want to get too deep into this, but being a marketer by trade still, um, it's really rare that products in B2B actually exist. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I've been there, I'm sure you too. And um, we can use all the best lingo and all of the, you know, futuristic promises. And then it's just, you know, a sequencer or a call recorder. So I feel that what's amazing in B2C and, you know, like take Apple, if you buy an iPad or iPhone, whatever, and then you read all of the marketing lingo on the website and it ends up just, you know, being Nokia or something, you won't be happy. So that's, that's the case with, with B2B on a human level, because mm -hmm. now like there's this motion where people become products, consultants, coaches, uh, exciting times, product level. What do you think? I think I, 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 Apple is always kind of cited as the as the one you're not buying Apple, you're buying experience, and you are you're buying the the experience, and their you know their 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 products are are amazing in terms of what it in terms of what it does, and you kind of you know what you're going to um you know what you're going to get, and and again it's the it's the it's the challenge when you have a a product for those listening on doing inverted commas to sell because people. I feel want something to touch and they kind of want to touch it and feel it. Whereas that's not necessarily the thing they need. It's what is the outcome they're trying to achieve. And then, and that a, does that product, I guess, deliver that outcome, but then what is the, ex the experience both on the seller and the buyer? And I think, you know, on the client centricity piece, I agree with it, but it is, it is a two way, it is a two way street because if your sales sales and marketing teams um, are having brilliant experiences with the brilliant technology they're using, it's making their lives easier. The byproduct is you're going to have happier people. And if you have happier people, and this is scientific, there's, there's research out there that proves it. If you have happy employees, typically you have happier customers. <laughs> because if they're talking to customers and they're happy in their, in their role and they're happy in terms of what they're doing and they believe in what they're doing, the byproduct is the customer just all kind of quasi buys into that, which is why you have these you know, vehement, you know, Apple fans, Android fans, Microsoft, Google, all because of what they've been able to create. And whilst, yes, we're not suggesting that you know, a B2B a has the, <laughs> the pockets that an Apple has to do what it's uh, to do what it does. I do agree that we could or should maybe start thinking about the Apple website's really freaking cool. And does really really nice. Our website sucks. So why don't we just try and not just re repeat what we've done and do it some different colors and pay you know some some agency hundreds of thousands, not millions of dollars to change the font slightly or change this slightly? Why don't we try and rip up the um the the, the rule book a bit? And hey, here's an idea. And I talked to this to the you know the cows come home. 
go and talk to your clients. Pick up the phone to your clients and get them to describe to you what it is you do for them in their own words. Describe the experience. And I reckon you'll have some interesting conversations around, hmm, you think that's what we do? That's not what we th- I'm not pretty, that's not what we think we do. But the point is, the argument I try and make is it doesn't really matter what you think you think you do. It's more important in terms of what the people that buy what you do think what you do, because the chances are this, this is going this is going somewhere. That's how they will describe what you do to the market. That's how they will describe what you do to their peers. Therefore, use that language to market yourself. It sounds obvious, Alex, and like common sense, right? But unfortunately, it doesn't happen in reality. And what happens in reality are webinars. And, you know, we wrote a book about webinars. Um, as crazy as it sounds, I think that um, you weren't expecting probably Justin Michael to write a book about webinars, correct? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually a book about go-to-market and a book about sales and marketing alignment. And we took a webinar as a metaphor of the insanity that is going on. Yeah. Because what ends up happening is, you know, people put it like all right let's just be transparent here people paying monthly subscriptions of 150 bucks or whatever just to put the badge on their profile to get higher or to look cool or you know more senior um and then they don't attend the webinars in that community or in whatever you know they Mm -hmm. associate themselves with and when you actually uh, listen to the content, you end up realizing that the only people listening to that content are marketers. Because you, okay, there's you know an webinar from Outreach about the future of revenue intelligence, whatever, and all the sales loft people are going to be there. <laughs> yeah. I.e. not the people that will be buying what you're doing. It's the, the competitors listening to what you're doing because they want to hear what you're um you know hear what you're saying. And I guess that. So, so if I'm understanding correctly, we're not necessarily we're not necessarily saying that the construct of a webinar in terms of a delivery mechanism is a bad thing. It's the execution of how those webinars are being executed is what is um uh, what is failing. Because you know, from a go to market, there are okay, there are multiple channels that you can go to market in, but you're still constrained by the channel and the mechanism in, in terms of that. So let's let's stick with this. Let's stick with that metaphor then or that that example. So. Let's say we want to run, we want to run a webinar, or you and I are going to run, want to run a, run a webinar. It's been a long day. How do we go about a shifting, flipping the flipping the the script in terms of the the content of it, and then making sure that we're not getting the wrong people turning turning up to it, and people who actually are our you know our target audience. Great question. So you go to your CSM department, you take ten happy accounts. And you set up calls with them and talk with them a couple of times, not just one time Zoom call, kind of a 15 minutes here and just let's forget about it and, you know, bitch slap them. Um, You go to your sales team, you get 10 happy accounts or potentially um, potential deals that will close or, you know, they the targeting really. Mm-hmm. Same thing. And then you align it all from the marketing perspective and really try to have a couple of set of interactions with 
the accounts, for the people, get to know their problems, really take the time. It doesn't have to be like something crazy. It takes a week or two just to mm -hmm. execute. And um, I'm sure that you'll have some insights. I'm sure that you'll have a ton of topics. And the last piece, like it's our, our spin on it is to gamify it because mm -hmm. we love to make the customers our, like basically, I don't know, the stars of our mm -hmm. events versus you know here's amazing mc and coach and the, the regular kind of a situation uh so what we do we just bring six potential customers and we challenge their thinking to actually do something new mm -hmm. and here's like the answer to all of the insanity in b2b alex we it's not even about us not thinking differently we just forgot how to think ourselves and in general so what we're trying to do is to make people think and i'm answering these questions monthly i was doing these events for freaking two years and onboarding every single person and just you know recruiting the people and talking with them so i'm pretty i i have the pulse of the market <laughs> and um People are so used to the stage experience or to, you know, shining that they are, they're really uncomfortable to show up, have no prep, just, you know, every time I'm telling them we're bringing best coaches like Mark Roberge. Yeah. So you just show up, you teach the lesson, PLG, you do something, you fail, he coaches you, you do it again, and you learn something new. If you're lucky, you win. If you're not, come again next month. So 90% uh, of people, they're still uncomfortable with that. Yeah. Well, it's because I, 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 I would understand why, because you're actually, you're kind of putting people on, on the spotlight to kind of back, prove themselves that actually that they are, they can do what they can do and we don't like failing i love that what, what you just said now we've forgotten how to think you know we just go through them we go through the motions and i think i think that's a really good way to, to to look at it is we we have forgotten how to think and um i recognize it is it is easier for people like you and i where we're not under the constructs of <laughs> the machine and the corporate and the boss and we can't we can go we can go rogue and we can fail because it doesn't really matter if we fail as long as we're not failing spectacularly or failing our failing our, our clients i so i do i do re recognize and respect when anybody's listening going well it's easy for you and julia because you do yeah we we can but what we're trying to say here is that it's okay to ch i think to challenge that and i think it's okay to maybe go and try and fail by yourself but to your point, get the learning, get the coaching, then take that back internally to go, look, this is what I tried to do. It didn't work, but actually this is the learning I've got. And I think actually if we do this a different, a little bit different, we could all, um, you know, benefits, uh, benefit from this. So it is, it is that tension between this is what we did 20 years ago, so I'm going to do it today because that's what I feel comfortable with versus probably a, not probably, there will be a, a cohort of people who want to, do things differently want to, to challenge but don't know how and it comes back to i'm just looking at your banner here learn by doing it's it's so it's so true that is the only real way that you can learn is whenever i do my you know with um my clients 
and he goes through everything in terms of the, the constructs and the concepts of how you use social and digital more effectively to go to market. And they're like, now what? I'm like, just fucking do it. <laughs> just start. And if you do a post and no one engages, it doesn't matter. If you, if it, it really doesn't matter. It's not a reflection on you as a human being. You kind of see this absolute, this, this, this wrestle, this internal kind of monologue that's going on going, I understand all the logic that you've just said to me, <laughs> but something is stopping me from doing it for the, for the fear of it, it of it, um, uh, of it not working. So how, how have you, or how do you, or how are you helping, you know, CMOs or sales leaders or even individuals kind of do that? Because what you do is amazing, but it is it is at the extremes <laughs> of of challenging challenging people's comfort zones. And you know, so I think the are the though the, all the video are they still on YouTube. Or your those the the videos, or do you need to be in hype cycle to go and see the cold calling competitions and all that kind of stuff? We'll talk about. You just you just need to log in with your LinkedIn. That's all. LinkedIn. Fine. Well, I'll put the links in the thing. It's well worth going to go and and have a have a look at that. But how how are you helping people learn by doing and getting over that that psychological fear that this is making me feel horribly uncomfortable? Therefore, I'm not going to do it. So I'll be transparent, Alex. Um, I failed more than anyone in this pitching and just can, trying to convince people in something that seems to be like really common sense. And, you know, the Dilbert ratio is really high in the industry. So the only way to overcome it is to follow what Orin Claff is advising us to do. And like in brief, it's just about different kind of brains. So there are three kind of human brains, apparently. And any information tends to just like, you see a person, so it's in the crocodile brain and you you just don't perceive information rationally. So what we all do in a wrong way, we just try to pitch people, oh, this is amazing. This is an amazing experience, so much learning and this and that. But they're still in this resistance zone and you're not having a productive conscious conversation. So. Um, I'll leave it to Orin Claff how to transition to the conscious brain, but that's the the answer, Alex. Yeah, which is is just, I guess it's similar to in in parallel to kind of the growth mindset theory of of, of Carol's work of fixed mindset and growth mindset. And if you can understand where you are, and that changed how I consult and coach because I would get frustrated as to why are you just not you know why are you not getting this. Is this thing when I was in my um internal roles internally doing what i was doing this is so obvious why are you not because i hadn't understood that it was second nature to me but what i was encouraging senior leaders to do was making them feel uncomfortable was challenging their thought processes was you can't learn anymore because i've learned all there is to do and then once i understood that that enables you to come at it from a with a softer angle maybe rather than the getting frustrated and angry which is what i would which is what i did and you know i've had one or two almost career-ending conversations with people before someone stepped in and go just chill there's much bigger things happening further up the food chain which you're not aware of and you don't need to be aware of so we get it but back in back in your box you know employee number what have you which is you know fundamentally kind of stepping stepping out there but it, it, it is as much um individuals having to which is hard right to have that internal um what's the right word kind of we're not saying you need to get psychologically analyzed but you need to, one needs to 
and kind of understand thought process and thinking and why certain things make you feel a certain way and then the mechanisms like Oran Clef to help you cope and um and manage that to kind of do things uh do things uh differently so um if people are listening and they want to start thinking about doing this where would you where do you suggest people start so let's say there is a, a marketer or an AE or an SDR or someone listening going I actually want to take Julia's thinking to to leadership what what kind of pointers can you give them in terms of how do they kind of start this conversation without it getting shut down straight out of the gate any conversation with leadership starts with the end goal um and that's that's the brief answer alex and the only answer really um leadership doesn't care about you know how exciting the hype cycle community is and um the retention and engagement and all of the good stuff leadership cares about leads mm -hmm. and very feasible brand awareness and all of the obvious B2B ROIs. Unfortunately, this is the reality. And, you know, I'm not going to bullshit you and just uh, be all innovative here and inspirational because, like, we started this podcast. You know, it's just, unfortunately, it's still in this B2B is in a state when um, people forgot how to think yeah. and they are doing stuff that has been done 20 years ago just because it's been done. And if you're asking the why question or you start to dig deeper and deeper and deeper, there is no nowhere to dig because there are no answers. I'm So uh, behind the scenes, we're launching a new product uh, in the end of the month. And um, it's related to B2B scale building, mm -hmm. very logically, uh, as a continuation of hype cycle. And we're fundraising. Uh, so we're beginning to just, you know, do all of the deck stuff and all of the most interesting part uh, of SaaS. And um, when I ask questions, uh, you know, about the target market or the numbers or the projections, and I really, I connect with a lot of founders, with a lot of folks out there, really senior an experience and they can't explain why is this number there and, and not the other number. <laughs> so it's just, I, I feel like, you know, I have to ask 10 people just to get into just of things and I still can do it. So they just tell me, you just have to write it because you have to write it. And it brings me back to the university times, you know, and you just have to regurgitate this information because you have to regurgitate it and then you forget it the next day so that's what b2b is, is to me so let's focus on that end goal and then i guess work backwards through to how do we achieve this thing how do we achieve that same end goal assuming they know why they've got that end goal um notwithstanding the comments you just made and then um working that backwards through we think there's a different way of doing something more effectively to get that to get to that end goal um conscious of, of time but i'm going to ask this question um anyway uh generative ai i mean i'm writing an article at the moment um on what the business development marketing on what i believe the impact of generative ai will be i get halfway through it and i have to stop because there's something new 
<laughs> that was then announced, you know, today, tomorrow. So I've told the editor, you're going to get it at 11.59 on the deadline of the day because I don't think it's changing too quickly. But um, from what you are seeing, and I appreciate it is, I think, nigh impossible for anybody to really have a, a definitive answer because of what's happening. But where do you see generative AI um, playing a role in supporting your go-to-market motion over the next five years, which I appreciate is a nine impossible question to ask, but I've asked it, so there we go. Yeah, um, I actually see generative AI to be the answer to all of the B2B madness. And the answer is that it's gonna, it's not gonna replace um, humans, obviously, but it's gonna replace the tactics. And okay. so um, it's really exciting that it will challenge B2B especially to think because everything else will be automated. So strategy is gonna be the only thing that is, you know, gonna either make you win or lose. And yeah, we talk about go to market a lot, Alex. And what irritates me a little is that we tend to just attribute things in our industry to people that sometimes are great copywriters, but not innovators. And um, I was reading this book, uh, Kenichi Ome, uh, about business strategy. So it goes like 30 years back and um, there was no go-to-market as a keyword, mm -hmm. but it's basically all about it. Yeah. So the mystery with hype cycle that no one, nobody can pronounce or you know spell whatever, and the triple C in the middle of it, it comes to that strategy. Customers, company, competitors. Ah, okay. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> now I know. <laughs> I did wonder. At least I pronounced it right. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, hype cycle is just a like a clever, you know, dig into. Uh, yeah, I like it. <laughs> you I get it, it but yeah, uh, no vowels in B two B. I like to to joke about it. Uh, oh, that's 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 I've never that's an intriguing answer in terms of um. It'll kind of, it, yeah, that I kind of get that and it kind of makes sense. Therefore, it's going to force people to think because if generative AI is kind of doing the the heavy shift, the, the heavy lifting, and kind of the, the the nuts and the bolts and stuff, it is going to start to force us to think again for those of us that have forgotten to um, think and then learn by um, uh, learn by doing. So, if people want to join the hype cycle, what's the or they want to learn more about it? Where can I where can I point them to? Point them to your profile, or point to the website, or is there links I can put so I can do this for those that are watching on my YouTube channel? I've always been to do this and hit the subscribe button and what have you. <laughs> yeah, hit subscribe button for sure. Um, I think that people won't be able to spell our website, so the best way to go is to go LinkedIn. Justin Michael, Julian Inchinski. I guess that Justin Michael is easier way to go. Um, there are more and... Justin Michaels than there are Julian Inchinski. So, um, what I'll do in the uh, in the comments, I'll put the links to to both your profiles and to um, uh, and to the, the the websites. And if you're listening, the links will be in the body of the um, uh, the body of the podcast. Um, I encourage you to follow Julia and uh, and Justin because their thinking is is different, it's out there, it will challenge you, even if you choose not to agree with everything that they put out there. I think there are definitely um, thought processes and, and thinking which is can get you to think again. 
<laughs> fundamentally and maybe reevaluate some of the things that you're um uh that you you are doing but julia i'm <laughs> delighted we finally after all this time managed made to, it. Uh, managed to make this uh, make this work it's been um an absolute pleasure because i know you are super super busy in terms of everything that you uh that you are doing i'm very much looking forward to finding out and learning more about your um uh, your, your new products and good luck with all the um, the funding so um all i can say is uh, thank you very much for coming on as as a guest we really appreciate your time and insight my pleasure thank you so much alex and as always, thank you so much for my uh, listeners for listening and tuning in. You know the drill. If you want to be on the podcast, if you want to recommend somebody on be on the podcast, just hit me up on LinkedIn or wherever and uh, we can make that work. Wherever you are in the world, thanks for listening and we'll see you all next week.